Hey, it's Peter Dugan here. Welcome to the podcast. We loved putting this show together for you. And if you enjoy listening to it, we could sure use your support. You can make a contribution to our independent nonprofit at fromthetop.org. Thanks so much. And here we go. From NPR. It's from the top. Celebrating the power of music. In the hands of America's kids. Hello, I'm pianist Peter Dugan, and welcome to the program. You know, it really shouldn't be a surprise, given how incredible the young musicians on our show are every week, that they do all sorts of extraordinary creative stuff as adults. Still, reconnecting with alums years later completely inspires me and actually gives me a little dose of humility, too. Today, that's exactly what we're doing. We're going to spend an hour catching up with some From the Top alumni and finding out about their challenges and their triumphs as they negotiate their 20s. And of course, we'll hear their recent music. We start with violinist Randall Goosby. Goosby came on the program at the age of 14 back in 2011. Over a decade later, he's becoming one of the most in-demand violin soloists out there. He just played at the Hollywood Bowl with the L.A. Phil under Gustavo Dudamel, and he signed a record deal with Decca Records. Right now, we're going to hear music from his first album release with Decca called Roots. This piece from it we'll hear is from the Suite for Violin and Piano by William Grant Still, the first movement titled African Dancer. Zhu Wang is at the piano. Thank you. 
violinist Randall Goosby performed the opening movement titled African Dancer from William Grant Still's Suite for Violin and Piano. His collaborator at the piano was Zhu Wang. Randall is our opening performer on today's All Alumni from the Top. Randall, that performance is so electrifying. I I absolutely love the way you you play that music. Uh, I love the whole album. It, it's just just fantastic. <clears throat> Thank you so much. Yeah, that's uh, that particular piece, the Grand Still Suite, is uh, one that's been close to my heart for a long time. So it was really really exciting uh, to be able to have a chance to record it and share it. You know, on such a big scale, it's really really a blessing. The William Grant Still piece is on an album that you released last June called Roots. It's a celebration of African-American music and influence, and it features works by Florence Price, William Grant Still, and Coleridge Taylor Perkinson, and others. Can you describe some of the feelings and conversations that led you to put this album together? Absolutely. Um, some difficult feelings, to put it, to put it very simply. Uh, I signed with DEC, I think, at the end of the summer of 2020, which was... Mm -hmm like a boiling point for the country, if not the world, you know, COVID was absolutely exploding. So there was that. And there was also, of course, this, this huge uh, resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement. And uh, so I was like, geez, what can I do? And I was kind of lost, you know, I was feeling angry and sad and confused. And I, I just, you know, wanted to make an impact as we all, as we all do. Um, and that's like pretty much the moment when DECA came along and was like, hey, what do you think about signing with us? You know, we, we've been following you for a couple of years. Um, and like the light bulb just clicked instantly. I was like, whoa, there it is. Black music on an album in the classical music world. How many of, how many of those do we have? You know, especially from with a violin, piano sort of recital album in such an intimate uh, setting and instrumentation. Um, so I just absolutely jumped at that. Matt, I mean, the, the concept is so beautiful and it's matched in every way by the execution of the album. It's, it's really fantastic. As we all know, Randall, there have been a multitude of new works centering Black voices in classical music. What are some notable moments uh, or performances for you that come out of this movement, either mo moments of your own performances or things that, that you've seen of others that, um, that stick with you? Um, in terms of most meaningful performances that, that I've given or experiences that I've had uh, that, have, that have resulted from this movement, one of them, one of them is, a, um, is a song cycle by a composer named Taishan Sori. Uh, and it's called Cycles of My Being, and it's basically a musical depiction of the experience of a black man in America. Uh, one of our rehearsals took place, I think like minutes after we saw that the jury decided to rule uh, against the family of Breonna Taylor in her case. Mm -hmm. And like we all, you know, came out of break and went into rehearsal and were just like, like I, I didn't know, I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know how to think, and, and that's one of those moments where when you don't know what to say, you play, you know? And we were all mm. just there in the moment together experiencing this same, like, anguish inside of ourselves and putting all of it into this music. Um, so that was just incredibly powerful for me. For powerful for me. I mean, I'm getting chills uh, just thinking about it. It's really powerful indeed. Uh, I'm such a fan of yours, Randall, and I so admire everything that, that you're doing to... Uh, to revitalize the way that we have that we approach our our core repertoire and our music, uh, if if you had to somehow put into words what a personal mission or goal for yourself is as an artist, what what might that be? 
easy one there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh man, I mean, You're it's welcome. constantly shifting. You know, I think as as it is as it is for all of us. But for me, um, it's kids. It's the youth. It's the people who are going to be playing and listening to music in fifty years. You know, these are the kids who are going to carry us forward. And I think the more that we can do to support them. Uh, to provide opportunities for them to pick up an instrument or take lessons. That's something that I really, really want to want to make a mark on and change um, for, for the next generation and for the future of this, you know, this great art that we love so much. Randall, so great to see you again. So great to hear your music. Can't thank you enough for being with us. Thanks so much, Peter. It's great to see you and uh, looking forward to seeing you hopefully in person sometime soon. Randall Goosby, violinist and From the Top alum. His debut album, Roots, is available for streaming and purchase. For more information about Randall, you can visit his website at randallgoosby.com. If you subscribe to From the Top's podcast, you can download whatever episodes you want and listen on demand. They're available at fromthetop.org. For the last 15 years, From the Top and the Jack Kent Cooke Foundation have awarded over $3 million in scholarships to talented young musicians who have financial need. We still have more to give. Go to fromthetop.org to learn more. Peter. When violinist Haruno Sato was a teenager, she absolutely adored making chamber music. In fact, she came on From the Top twice in two different chamber ensembles, and both times those ensembles just blew us away. Well, now she's part of a professional ensemble called the Zora String Quartet. Zora means sunrise in Bulgarian. They are violinists Deshapol Kuintawiwat and our alum Haruno Sato, violist Julian Saulhill and cellist Zizai Ning. They're performing the first movement of the string quartet in B-flat, K589, by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart.
Zora Quartet performed the opening movement of Mozart's String Quartet in B-flat, K589. The violinists of the group are Deshapol Kowintawiwat and Haruno Sato. Julian Sawhill is their violist, and Zizai Ning is the cellist. Given that today's program is all about what our alumni are doing, I'm speaking to Haruno, who was on From the Top twice as a teenager. It's so great to be with you, Haruno. Welcome back to the program. And gosh, what a performance of that Mozart. It just, your quartet has such a wonderful, silvery, sparkly sound uh, all throughout. And I particularly love what you did in the development section with all that color that you bring to it. Thank you so much. It's so good to be back here. Well, I got to say, your life these days sounds pretty fun at least from from an outsider's perspective. I mean, not only are you playing in a professional string quartet with your friends like all the time, Mm -hmm. but you're also getting to see and explore Europe. So explain to me for a moment how and why the quartet came to be uh, living and working in Europe. All right. Um, We were here in New York for two years before we decided that it was time to immerse ourselves in the roots of classical music and where else to do it but in Europe. So we found this program called the Eckmaster program in Europe. It's a part of the European Chamber Music Academy. Um, There are, I think, seven schools involved. We spend a semester in different cities, So we just finished our first in Norway, and then we'll be heading to Vienna in February. We will be in Paris in the fall, and then back to Oslo in 2023. Wow. I mean, as a quartet whose core training happened in the U.S., have you found any new uh, approaches stylistically to playing this repertoire together now that you've been studying in Europe? Absolutely. We feel this new sense of freedom in interpretation and finding new sound worlds and colors. And we've been really encouraged to explore like deeply into how harmony affects how we listen as a group and also for the audience as well. So we are currently just experimenting. It's so interesting because I think for a lot of folks, they might think that when you go to study this repertoire in Europe, you know, you're going to the the birthplace of much of yes. of the music. And so you might think mm-hmm. that it it is a more conservative approach to style. But what you're saying is actually you found more freedom. Yeah. Our teacher in Oslo has been especially helpful with this. Um, a lot of the time I remember in my studies, it's always been about um, feeling the music and feeling the emotions and make making sure that the audience can hear those emotions. But what we learned in Europe is that usually the emotions are in the harmonies that the composer has already written for us. And bringing out those harmonies is what makes the music really, truly come alive. And if we all hear those harmonies together then we all kind of have this common feeling within the harmony. Right. Yeah. I find that so exciting, this idea that instead of just like, I want this to sound like a sunrise and trying yeah. to figure out how do I make this work. Right. Instead, you're like, I want to bring out that note and suddenly the yeah. sunrise just happens. Exactly. You know? It's already there. Wow. It's all there. Magic. It's all there. <laughs> I'm wondering if you could reflect back for a second on all the experiences you've had with your quartet together. Mm -hmm. Are there particular memories that you think will always stick with you? 
I really enjoy traveling with the group. It's it's so fun to even just go to the airport together and mm-hmm. us for you know, just in a single file walking to the check-in counter or going through security and everyone's just like, who are these people? It feels kind of like we're celebrities, even though we're totally not. And (laughs) just this, it's this bonding experience. Well, I certainly sensed so much fun, so much adventure in your Mozart that you shared with Mm -hmm. us today. Can't thank you enough for that performance and for spending some time with us. No, thank you. Violinist and alum Haruno Sato, originally from the Cleveland, Ohio area, now working and living in Europe with the Zora Quartet. I'm pianist Peter Dugan, and this week we're reconnecting with alumni of From the Top as part of our annual Where Are They Now show. Next up, it's pianist Tiffany Poon. Tiffany might just be the most followed young classical musician in America. Her career combines brilliance as a musician with a phenomenal social media presence that is as candid and genuine as it is massive in its following. Over 300,000 people subscribe to her YouTube channel, which includes music performances, interviews, videos of her rehearsing, candid personal testimony, and off-the-cuff fun. We'll talk about that with her in a moment. But first, here's her performance of Clara Schumann's Mazurka, Opus 6, Number 3.
pianist and from the top alum Tiffany Poon performing the Mazurka, Opus 6, Number 3, by Clara Schumann. I love this piece. It's so charming. But Tiffany, what I admire about the way you play it is you bring so much depth to it. And and I know that recently you've been deeply immersed in both Clara Schumann's music and the music of her husband, Robert. What is it about this music that's so compelling for you? Well, I think I've always loved German Romanticism. And my focus has been on Robert Schumann. And so this mazurka in G minor, I recorded as part of a program actually that's dedicated to both of them and it's just uh, very exciting mm. to hear the connection like that you bring so much depth to it and and every phrase like really you i can hear you just digging into to the character um tiffany you are one of the most popular and well-known young pianists out there today and of course a huge part of that is your musicianship that we just experienced but it's also due to your groundbreaking career online as a vlogger an interview host, an all-around charismatic online personality. And how and why did all of that start for you? Well, you know, it's really all about my mission to bring more audiences to classical music nowadays. And it's just amazing how some people are drawn to the music because of the things that I post and videos that I make. And some of them even come to my concerts and tell me, oh, that was my first classical music concert. And so, yeah, it's means a lot that I have their support, yeah. especially during this pandemic, but also for the future, I think, of classical music to have more and more audiences, and hopefully I can continue bringing more and more people back to concert halls once they resume, hopefully. I'm wondering what you would say is your most popular content. That's not a question I think about, because it's really about the music that I play and how I choose the music and whether I would show this part of the music or that part of the music. It's really just about what I like. So right now I've been obsessed with Robert Schumann, so I share a lot of that. And so I don't mm -hmm. focus on what is popular or what is not popular. It's not my goal to be popular. I love this series that you do where you, you go underneath your piano and you set up your <laughs> with your camera down there. Where did you, what first gave you the idea to interact with your fans from that location underneath your piano? Because my apartment was messy. <laughs> I'm not joking. Now, it's I true. Believe, hey, it's because, I believe it. You know, New York apartments are not mansions. And I don't want to have everything around me so cluttered. So, you know, I just thought, hey, there's a huge empty space. Huge empty space there. Right. That's that's a lot of square footage underneath the piano. Yes, and that's so gold. I thought I should just film under there. You've begun a nonprofit called Together with Classical. Talk a little bit about what the nonprofit does and how it got started. Well, it got started because I wanted to give back to the music community and education. So that's how to get with classical started, but also seeing how many people were willing to share their stories about classical music with me. And I just asked them, hey, I've talked a lot about myself on the internet. Let's talk about you. Where did your journey with classical music begin? And uh, do you remember your first experience with classical music? And I got I think 1,700 responses or something like this. And it was so touching that I wanted to create a platform that's not only a charity, but a lasting platform that can really unite everyone 
to appreciate classical music together and share their stories. If people want to learn more about the organization, where should they go? Togetherwithclassical.org. Tiffany, thanks so much for coming back on the program and, uh, and for sharing your music with us. Thanks for having me. Tiffany Poon, pianist and media creator and illustrious From the Top alum. Nine out of ten young musicians recommend watching Daily Joy videos every day to significantly improve the quality of one's life. These Daily Joy videos feature beautiful music performances by young artists, and you can sign up for the fun at fromthetop.org. Support for NPR comes from this station and from the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism, offering visitors information about the arts, culture, and history of Boston. The journey begins at visitma.com. From the Jack Kent Cooke Foundation, providing scholarships to high-achieving students with financial need, jkcf.org. And from the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, helping NPR advance journalistic excellence in the digital age. From NPR, it's From the Top, celebrating the power of music in the hands of America's kids. This week, it's our annual Where Are They Now show, where we catch up with alumni of our program to find out what they're doing as 20-somethings. Coming up, two alums who've started their own podcast perform music by John Adams. From the Top's host, pianist Peter Dugan, is sponsored by Susan and Gerald Slavitt. Cellist Nathan Chan, the alum we're going to revisit next today, is beloved at From the Top for his extroverted performance style, the joy that seems to leap out of him when he plays both online and in person. These days, he's bringing that joy to the Seattle Symphony as their assistant principal cellist. However, it was while on break from the symphony last summer that Nathan recorded the piece we're about to hear. We're going to hear Nathan play as part of a clarinet quintet, actually, one put together at the Marlboro Music Festival in Vermont and made up of clarinetist Anthony McGill, violinists Emily Ann Gendron and Hyejin Kim. Emily is also a From the Top alum, by the way, and violist Jean Bojang. The five of them played a piece by American film composer Bernard Herrmann, his Souvenirs de Voyage for Clarinet Quintet. This is the last movement.
That was the final movement of Bernard Herrmann's Souvenir de Voyage for Clarinet Quintet, recorded during the summer of 2021 at the Marlborough Music Festival, and featuring clarinetist Anthony McGill, violinists Emily Ann Gendron and Hyejin Kim, violist Jean Bojang, and our featured From the Top alum on today's Where Are They Now show, 
cellist Nathan Chan. Nathan, it's so good to have you with us, and thanks for sharing that stunning performance. Thank you so much. So this was at the Marlboro Music Festival, of course. Um, Marlboro is famous for both the amount of time it gives for ensembles to work on their chamber pieces, but also for the way that it takes seasoned senior professionals and pairs them with younger players earlier on in their careers. I'm wondering, Nathan, if you could talk about some experiences or memories that come to mind when you think about your time there at Marlboro. Wow. Um, first of all, uh, being able to, be, to, to have the privilege to, to be a part of the, the Marlboro family has been something that I've, I've dreamt of for a very long time. And I think yeah. it's just a special place to, to really reconnect with what, what makes music so wonderful. I've mentioned that you're now the assistant principal cellist of the Seattle Symphony. Joining a major orchestra is a goal for so many from the top musicians. Was that something that you were always aiming for? Um, I was sure that I didn't want to continue to go to more schooling after doing Columbia <laughs> Juilliard. And so I had a very frank discussion with my teacher at the time, who was Richard Aaron, and he said, well, maybe we should uh, really consider starting to prepare really well for auditions and, and excerpts. And yep. I will be perfectly honest with you, it was not easy for me because, you know, I'm interested by so many things and to really sort of put on blinders and, and think really concentrated in that way uh, was a deep challenge. And so I, I've always felt that that process has taught me so much about musicianship. Well, Nathan, you are a master of so many musical styles. We heard your chamber music. You also have been using technology since you were a teenager to get your music out there and you remain hugely active on social media. It's always just just exuberant and, and full of life. And I wonder that side of you, you know, that that exuberant and and uh and fun loving part of you, has it ever met with a raised eyebrow or even resistance from the often very serious classical music circles? Oh absolutely. But also I think it's somehow built into my DNA when somebody tells me I can't do something, it makes me want to do it even more. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think there's a, a yeah. slight sense of rebelliousness in, in, in what I try to represent because for me, in the end, the music itself is so amazing. You know, mm -hmm. One of the things that has allowed me to sort of ignore the noise and focus on the signal is if I do the best I know I can do with hard work, then the creative way in which I present it um, will always have integrity and authenticity and a realness to it yeah. that I can feel comfortable living um, a, a living in, in my own skin. Yes. Um, that yep. confidence allows me to ignore that. It's a really important message just, mm. just to be reminded of that, like have that confidence in yourself and, and tune out the noise. Yes. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that, Nathan. Thank you, Peter. This is such a pleasure, and uh, thanks for having me. Nathan Chan, cellist extraordinaire, the assistant principal cellist with the Seattle Symphony, and a From the Top alum. The young performers on our show are so impressive, sometimes you've just got to see it to believe it. And that's pretty easy to do, actually. Just go to FromTheTop.org and check out all the fun video we put out every week. 
Not only do we have photos and video of our young players making radio with us, we've got our Daily Joy video series, virtual concerts, raucous pop music covers, and more. That's at fromthetop.org. Pianist Peter Dugan here, and today we've been focusing on the alumni of From the Top and hearing about the exciting projects and music they've been engaged in since coming on our show as teenagers. We'll revisit with two alums now. They've teamed up as a duo to create something pretty special. They are pianist Derek Wang and violinist Sofia Stojanovich. And get this, they actually met at a From the Top recording. Back in 2014, they were on the same show, and they even played one right after the other. Flash forward, and now they've launched a podcast together called American Stories. That was the focus of our discussion. Sophia, Derek, it's so good to see you guys again. Welcome back to the program. Hi. Well, it's great to be back. <laughs> Man, I, I've loved this new podcast that you've started called American Stories. It's exciting. You know, you're in the same media field as From the Top is. So I thought instead of talking about this podcast too much, let's just leap in and play a little bit of it right now to show just how, how cool it is. Would it be okay if I play the opening sequence to one of your recent episodes? Yeah, that sounds great. I think we could quote you the whole thing right now, but it's nice to hear the original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's check it out. Here it is. Hey, listeners. Today on American Stories, we're taking you on the road with stories from the driver's seat. Photographer and long-haul truck driver Rai Shirosky tells us how he survives 15-hour days behind the wheel on the interstate. You go to some really strange corners of your psyche, for sure. And adventurer and father of four Nathan Swartz gives us a peek at what it's like to raise a family out of an RV, all while crisscrossing the continent. We just find a national park we haven't been to, open up Google Maps and type in Walmart and McDonald's, and if those don't show up, we figure it's probably going to be a pretty cool spot. You're hearing us play Road Movies, written by composer John Adams in 1995. It's really at the heart of this episode, and you're going to get to know the piece's three movements, just as you'll get to know Rye and Nathan. And to cap off the show, we'll give you our complete performance. I'm Derek Wang. I'm Sofia Stoyanovich. And this is American Stories. We're so glad you're here. This is Peter Dugan, and we were just listening to the opening sequence of a podcast produced by two alums of From the Top, Sofia Stoyanovich and Derek Wang, and I'm speaking to them now on today's alumni program. You guys, what motivated you to do this, and, and what are you trying to accomplish with this really unique approach? Hmm. Well, let's see. For me, uh, I've always been very interested in finding sort of the story element in any piece of music, but I was really lucky that Derek was in the same class as me. And the more we were just talking about the idea of how much there is to explore between stories and our love of American music, we came up with this idea that we were both really into. And that is how, despite the pandemic, <laughs> we created our first episode on two different coasts. Wow. Yeah, we definitely wanted to do something that showed the intersection of music and life, um, particularly life in America and uh, how many diverse experiences of that there are. We wanted to dive into that and show how music can 
bring that to life, can show the, uh, whether it's optimism or whether it's poignancy, can give us uh, an empathetic pathway to understanding people from all walks of life. And that's what our program is about. We introduce the music from a performer's point of view, and we bring in guests whose stories connect to whatever piece it is that we're featuring. I think what what you both are doing with the podcast is uh, remarkable in the way it provides an entry point into instrumental music. Uh, Plus, the performances themselves on these podcasts are so superb. So I'd like to now close out our time together by listening to a full movement of music from the podcast about John Adams. We're going to hear you play the opening movement from Road Movies by Adams titled Relaxed Groove. And in the podcast, you talked about the vibe and structure of that movement in a really compelling way. Let's hear that now. Like, say we start at the very beginning of the piece. What makes it groove? You start by laying down this rhythm for me. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. And then I join you with a different rhythmic layer on top of that. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two. So there's a party trick. So here we go. We're so glad you're with us to hear this performance.
Violinist Sofia Stojanovic and pianist Derek Wang performed the first movement of Road Movies by John Adams. Their podcast is called American Stories, and you can find it at american-stories.org. I want to thank all the From the Top alums we've had the privilege to feature on today's Where Are They Now episode, not only for sharing their music with us, but also for sharing their humanity. And to you, listening while snuggling at home, or making dinner, or waiting in line at the drive-thru for a double cheeseburger, thanks for being here. I'm pianist Peter Dugan. Join me to meet more exciting young artists on From the Top next week. This week's From the Top is written and produced by Tim Banker. Our music director is Megan Swan, and the production manager is Matt Dykeman. David Norville is assistant producer. From the Top's executive director is Gretchen Nielsen. I'm Joanne Robinson. Special thanks this week to Derek Williams for his additional engineering support at the Colburn School in Los Angeles. From the Top is an independent nonprofit organization based in Boston. If you'd like to appear on our program, apply online at fromthetop.org. From the Top is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. Support for NPR comes from this station and from the Howard and Geraldine Pollinger Family Foundation, committed to nurturing the development of talented emerging artists and sharing the joy that the performing arts bring to life. From Jarl and Pamela Moan, 
thanking the people who make public radio great every day, and also those who listen. And from the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, helping NPR advance journalistic excellence in the digital age. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You know, while From the Top is distributed by NPR, it isn't owned by NPR. It's an independent nonprofit, and so we have to do our own fundraising to make it happen. Please consider making a donation to our ongoing entertainment and education programs at fromthetop.org.